Amen. Let's give God a hand for what he's doing in our youth. I just say, Fallon, I, I definitely feel you, the nervousness and, and that coming up here speaking before people. It's, it's really tough sometimes. But uh, uh, I just want to tell everybody, thank you for being here. Uh, our pastor, Brandon, he's away on vacation, and I know he needed some rest time, so I'm glad that he's getting to get some rest. But I sure do miss him when he's not here because uh, he sure does bring the Holy Spirit with him when he comes. So I'm thankful for our pastor, and I'm thankful that he's getting some rest. So, Brandon, if you're out there, I love you, brother. I hope you enjoy your rest. Uh, one good thing about getting to share, though, I was just thinking about one good thing about getting to share is you get to sit in the preacher's seat. So you get the, you get the best seats in the house. Now nah, they they all good because we're in the Lord's house, so all these seats are good. So we're in here to hear the word. But uh, Heather, if you're out there, my wife's keeping your seat warm, so she'll get to swarm, swarm in it today. So uh I just want to say again, thank you guys. Thank you for the support. I had a lot of guys praying for me this week, and uh, we came in here on Wednesday night, and we were talking, and Mark said, uh, just remember Moses. And, uh, and then Brandon was, has been sending me encouraged texts. He, went, he, he read over my, my sermon or what I had typed out here to say, and he read over it and sent it back, sent back to me and encouraged me through, through the word and uh, through the sermon. Uh, I also had Dakota who texted me just last night and said he was praying for me. And he sent me Exodus 4, 10 through 12. But one of the verses that stood out to me is it says, I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. And I, I just pray that the Lord would give me the words that he would have me to speak today and that he would bless you and bless me through it too. So uh, also this week, I, me and my wife were praying about it. We were on vacation, and I said, I, I, Brandon surprised me with uh, you're going to be preaching next Sunday. And so I surprised her with I'm going to be able to need your help to, to deliver this sermon. So, so I called her out of her comfort zone too so she understands a little bit about what I'm going through. So uh, I'm going to ask her to come forward, and she's just going to read a little bit. Y'all pray for her too, so. I stayed through the hurt, betrayal, and brokenness. I stayed when all I had was faith and hope that God would make a change. I stayed because I loved. I stayed when I didn't have to. Thank you, babe. Give her a hand. So the, uh, the title of my message today is, Will You Stay? And uh, we're going to be reading in uh, Acts 16, verses 23 through 31. So I'll ask you guys, if you would, please stand for the reading of God's word. Again, I want to say that I'm really nervous and... Uh, I'm, I'm not really comfortable. I can stand down there and I can talk in front of a lot of people and it doesn't bother me at all, you know, with a group of men around me. But when I get up here in front of everybody on this stage, it's a, it's a different place. And uh, one thing is I just want to glorify God in everything I say and I want it to come out as truth and I don't want to mess it up. I take the word of God serious. I pray that you guys are too. So before we dive into word, I just say continue to pray for me that I would deliver this the way God would have me to do it. I know I got men praying for me. What if we started praying for our pastors and our teachers as they were going through the words? How much more could the word reach others or lost souls or uh, reveal who God is to people who are believers? Sometimes I think believers also need to hear the God's words and it needs to transform them. They need to, their minds need to be renewed and that's through God's word. So uh, as we're going through this, please keep praying for me. I, I just want to deliver it, you know, in a good way, in a, in a way that God intended it to be delivered. So. Uh, let's read in Acts 16, verses 23. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safe. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison's prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors flew, doors were opened 
and everyone's bonds were unfastened. unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Don't harm yourself, we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembled with fear, and he fell before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will save you, you and your household. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. We, uh, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to be in your house, Lord, to celebrate you, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that your people come to celebrate you. I pray that you would uh, bless us in a mighty way, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would fall on this place, Lord. I pray that you would use me uh, as a mouthpiece for God, Lord, that I would speak for you, Lord, and through you, Lord. I pray that your word would come out clear, Lord, that, so that your people could hear, Lord. I pray, Lord God, uh, that you would break chains, that you would uh, release people from sin and shame and things that they may have brought in here. Lord, I pray for the believer, Lord, that you would excite them more about the word, Lord, that they would be excited about what you're doing in their lives, Lord. Lord, again, we thank you and we praise you. We want to bring you honor and glory, and we pray that you'd bless this time, bless this word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So Paul, Paul and Silas were uh, through in the prison uh, for for uh, sharing the gospel. It's in Acts 16, 23 and 24. And when they had inflicted many blows on them, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them safely. Having received these orders, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. A little bit before this in these verses, we see that uh, the reason why Paul was put in prison, the reason Paul and Silas were thrown in prison is because they were, uh, because a slave girl's owner had Paul and Silas beaten and thrown into jail because they had called demons out of the girl in Jesus' name. You see, in this time, uh, the Romans didn't, didn't take kindly to Christianity. They didn't really like it, you know. And I think sometimes we experience that today. They don't, you know, in our workplaces, in the world, a lot of people are really against Christianity. I can share sometimes in my workplace, and they, they really don't like it. So the, the young slave girl with an evil spirit made her master rich by telling fortunes. Greed often works against the gospel. You know, oftentimes greed and pride and those things often work against the gospel. Sometimes persecution comes to the innocent. Paul and Silas were put into the deepest part of the prison and placed in stocks, two boards joined together with iron clamps just big enough to put your ankles into or hands, shackles and chains for sharing the gospel. In 1 Thessalonians 2.2, 2, Paul says that, but, but though we... But though we had already suffered and have been shamely treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. Paul was willing to sacrifice for the gospel. Imprisonment did not keep Paul from sharing the gospel. You know, I think about imprisonment sometimes, and we think about imprisonment as being put in jail. But I think about sometimes we're just too ashamed to share their gospel. You know, I, I'm ashamed sometimes that God gives me opportunities. He gives me times when I should, when I could share and, and I just walk away from those things. And so, and I, I'm, I'm just talking about the imprisonment of the world or the shame or the fear of men or the fear of women. How, how often can that put us in a prison where we can't serve the Lord, where we can't do what he called us to do? So many times that happens. My question is, are you willing to share for the, are you willing to sacrifice for Christ? What have you sacrificed for Christ? You know, sometimes I think, we, we think about, are we, are we ready to sacrifice, but what have we sacrificed? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to change in your life? What are you willing to do for the gospel? 
See, we need to look to Christ for our strength, our courage. That's the only way we can overcome the persecution of the world, the persecution that we go through in our in our homes, in our marriages. You know, the devil's coming after our marriage. I think about my marriage, and my wife came up here and spoke. You know, the devil comes after our, our marriages a lot, you know. What about the persecution we receive from husband and wives? Sometimes I'm not the best husband. Uh, sometimes my wife's not in here. She's not the best wife, but most of the time she is more than I'm the best husband. <laughs> Heather, how am I doing? <laughs> I, I just think about that. I think about the persecution, you know, that we have in our own homes persecution we bring about on our own self, you know. My selfish desires almost almost always can get me in trouble, you know. And then when I get in trouble with those selfish desires and I get to following after Robert's wants and Robert's will, then I lose track of what the Lord would have me to do and then I, I can't serve him the way he called me to. Nor could I sacrifice anything for him because I'm not in a place where I need to be where I could share the gospel. Have you thought about that? What have I sacrificed for the gospel? Paul told him, he said, he was telling the Thessalonians, I've been in jail, I'll go back. I've been beaten for the gospel, I'll do it again. And sometimes I can't share with my brothers at work. You know, I can go around them and they can be cussing and talking about this girl or this woman or I've seen this and I forget to say, hey, what about your loving wife at home that you, that God gave you? He made her and designed and gave her, and you want to distort that? You want to look at something that would take you away from enjoying the pleasures of your own wife? Do we think about that? What have I sacrificed for the gospel? Hey, I want that new car. I want that new truck. I want that new bike. I want that new whatever, but I... I can't give to you, God. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about time and money. I think that money's a place that we give. And our, our heart, where your heart is, where your treasure is, is where your heart is too. So I think that sometimes our treasure and our heart are in the same place. And so how am I giving to the Lord? How am I sacrificing for the Lord? Now, I can remember when me, and this is not on tithing. I don't know why the Lord got me here. But I can remember me and my wife first started tithing, you know, we lived in a little single wide trailer and we couldn't even afford the rent that we had in it. And we couldn't afford the two cars that we were trying to pay for. And we about lost those. So then we had to move out of that, move into with her dad and stay with him. And so then we started, the Lord started working in our life. You know, we had done a lot of things wrong. We'd had a baby and I, I was 17 and she was 19. We'd started out wrong. I was a junior in high school. And so I started thinking about those things and how am I gonna give Lord? I don't have anything to give. But the Lord started working in my, me and my wife's life and said, oh, well, if you'll give a little, give a little, give what you can, seek the Lord. And I don't think the 10% rule, I don't, I'm not really big on that, but I think that you should start and desire and see where the Lord calls you to give. And you should give out of the abundance and you should start to give first to him and then you'll, everything else will work in place. I think that should also apply to our lives. You're talking about sacrifice. What have you sacrificed for the gospel? A lot of people can't even get up to come to church on Sunday, so I find it hard to see how they sacrifice daily to get up and give some time to the Lord before they ever enter into this world. You know, and I find myself to be ashamed sometimes when I sit down and I just go through the motions. That's not a sacrifice. I told my wife the other day, and she looked at me with tears in my eyes. I said, if I didn't pray for you daily, and you didn't pray for me daily, there's no way our marriage would work. I said, one of the first things I do is I get up and I pray that God would reveal himself through, to me through his word, that I would be able to see him more clearer today than I did yesterday, and that he would bless my family, and that he would bless my wife, and that I would be the faithful husband that she deserves, and she would be the faithful wife that I deserve. If you won't sacrifice for your marriage, then how are you sacrificing for the gospel? And I, I'm talking about marriage because marriage is really important to me. It's how the Lord started speaking to me and working in my life. The sacrifice starts in your own home. Son, I really don't want you to play that type of music in my home. Son, I wish we couldn't do that. 
And I have an older son. He's 20-something years old. So, And I didn't become a Christian until late in my, my daughter and son's life. They were, they were a lot older. And so, you know, it's a little hard. You think about dealing with children. You know, wait until they become a grown man and you got to deal with them. But I can tell you one thing I can do is I can reflect Christ. I can lay down my life like he did. And I can d- demonstrate to my son, my daughter, and my wife in our relationship and see how he transforms my life, how he transformed my home. What have you done to sacrifice for the gospel and how are you doing that daily? Paul was willing to say, hey, put me in, the, put me in these boards, put me in chains and shackles, I'll be fine. I know that God's got me, I'll be fine. And sometimes I think we forget that. You know, as I was starting to prepare this message, I was like, God, I don't know if I can do it. These men were encouraging me. Sacrifice and send a message to a friend and say, hey, I love you, brother. I'm praying for you. You never know how far that'll go. You never know what day your friends what day your friends having that day. I promise you, without the encouragement of my pastor, without him sacrificing to spend time with me, to teach me the gospel, without brothers around me like Mark, uh, Dakota, I got my brother Chris, without them encouraging me sometimes. You know, it's amazing. The other day, Chris sent me a song out of the blue, and he don't know how that affected me. I just needed that song, and the song was rattled, and I love that song. You never know what that little sacrifice, you know, this morning, and I'm, I'm ashamed that I was a little late. I, we have a group message with my work, and I forgot to invite all of my friends from work to come. And this morning, the Lord laid it upon me, so I sent a text message to those, and I said, would you please pray for me? Would you please come and support me? And if you don't support me, I'd rather you be at your church, supporting your church. Please be a part of what the Lord would have you today, to do today. But I'd forgot to do that, and I waited till nine o'clock this morning to do that. Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone? Trust me, I'm out of my comfort zone right now. Paul was willing to do that. He was willing to say, I'll lay it all down for you, Christ. Acts 16, 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to, hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. You know, it's funny to me how when you start to praise God and start to sing and you start to pray and seek God, sometimes it just draws people to the gospel, isn't it? And that's amazing when that happens sometimes. I've been in a restaurant. Me and Mark was in a restaurant one day, and we were talking, and we just talking regular talk, and we got off on what God was doing in our life, what God was doing in our church, how he was working, how we were excited about the gospel. And you know, we had two tables who got up and came over and said, I appreciate y'all's conversation. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make out like some, I'm something I'm not. I, I mess up a lot. In a lot of restaurants, I have a lot of bad. When the, when the, uh, when the uh, service is terrible, how does that speak for you? How did you sacrifice then? Did you go ahead and tip? Did you go ahead and leave that tip for that girl who might be learning? Or might be the only job she's got? And I hear, hear that waitresses make about $2 and something an hour, and we forget that sometimes. They're in a place and they're working and they're trying to deal with Christians who are coming in after Sunday and Brandon's held them for a long time and they're trying to come in. They're coming in late and they want to close. They want to be done. They want to clean up. And she's got a baby at home and uh, don't know where the baby's daddy is. Have you thought about that? But Paul and Silas in this prison was worshiping and praising the Lord. Paul and Silas praised God despite the situation they were in. Their, their singing, praying, and praise was loud enough that all could hear. How many of you sang where all can hear? How many would be willing to pray where all can hear? I love to pray in a group of men and everybody just start praying. Sometimes up here on Sunday mornings and I'm in these guys and they all start praying together on Wednesday nights when we end the prayer, sometimes we get to talking about the word, but when we're praying and every man's praying and crying out to the Lord, sometimes I get lost in it because I'm listening to my other brothers pray. I love to hear the praise. People praise the Lord. People pray and seek the Lord out loud. 
Paul and Silas were in the inner prison. They would have had, they were singing and praising where all could hear. Hey, we're here. We're in shackles. We didn't do anything wrong. But we're going to praise God because we know he's got us. And as I was thinking about this, I thought about Hebrews 13, 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. See, no matter the circumstances, high or lows, we serve a God that doesn't change. What does your worship look like in the lows? I can, I can sure tell you some of my lows look terrible sometimes. You never knew I was a Christian. My wife will be a testament to that. So, that, you know, marriage can be tough because she sees the best and the worst of me sometimes. What does your worship look like in the lows? Are you in tune with God so much that you can still praise him, that you can still love him, that you can still shout praise in the midst of lows? Imagine how you could touch people. In our weakness, he's strong, right? In our weakness, he's strong. When his flesh is coming after us and we're praising him, you know, it gets hard sometimes. I believe the next time somebody comes at me when I'm at work or whatever about my Christianity, I'm just going to start singing, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. How would that work? How would that go? You know, I'll tell you what could change our lows sometimes if we just got along with the Lord, if we just stopped everything when it comes, when that time comes. These kids were talking about anxiety. I struggle, I struggle with anxiety some. And I thought that wasn't a real thing. I went to the doctor when I was having some trouble. My thyroid was messed up. He said, you got anxiety. I said, ain't no such thing, doc. And he said, trust me, you got it. <laughs> and so I, I understand how that can be. But you know what'll help my anxiety? It's prayer if I spend some time in prayer and worship. That's what held Paul and Silas in the prison was their prayer and worship. <clears throat> when my marriage is in trouble, if I said, babe, and we used to do this more, let's just lay down and put it, you put an earphone on and I'll put an earphone in. Let's listen to some worship. And then let's talk about the situation at hand. You know, me and my wife, we talk about marriage and stuff. We have a code word sometimes. So uh, our code word, if, if there's something going on, if there's something we got to talk about that's serious in our relationship, she'll come to me and say, let's pray. And when she says, let's pray, I, say, I know it's time to get serious. And we need to seek the Lord before I open my mouth or she opens her mouth. You know, when, in the fire service, I was told one time that by Chris one time, Chris Jenkins came and told me one time, he said, brother, before you open your mouth on the radio, you need to count to 10 and then talk. <laughs> How much could that help us if sometimes we just counted to 10 before our mouths came open? You know, I thought about that. I think about that a lot. And I've especially thought about that in the fire service. Why wouldn't I apply that to my life and to the gospel? All good things come from above. If I just counted to 10 before I open my mouth sometimes. And that's what that prayer does to us. It's a time to seek the Lord, to get to seek what he would have us to share, and then us talk. I had somebody tell me one time that uh, when they started to argue, it was in a couple's thing. They said that before they start to argue or something comes up in their marriage, they just get naked and then it changed the whole thing. <laughs> that would probably work too, but uh, I don't see my wife doing that sometimes, but... That would probably be a good idea, but uh, maybe I need to start praying that way, but she ain't in here, is she? She must have said, I can't take this today. But have you thought about that? So Paul and Silas, despite the situation they were in, despite the lows that they were in, despite the hardship, they continued to praise the Lord. They continued to pray, they continued to seek the Lord, they continued to praise the Lord. And I get, I get mad over because they didn't fill my tea glass up. Got to have that drink, don't I? See, what does your worship look like in the lows? What does it say about our walk with Christ? 
I guarantee you, you'll reach more people when you're down there, when you're on your face than you ever will standing up high on the mountain. Sometimes I forget that because on the mountain, it's a lot easier. Dang, them lows are tough sometimes. But God's making me more like him. He's making me more like Christ. He's sanctifying me. He's making me more like Jesus. In those lows, he's making Robert more like the son. What if we thought about it that way? I forget that. I could imagine if they put me in prison, put shackles on me, I'd be ready to fight somebody. Acts 16, 26 through 28. And suddenly there was a, uh-oh. Hello? That must have been my wife throwing something. <laughs> Babe, I'm, it's getting better. Acts 16, 26 through 28. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke, he saw the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Through the worship, God revealed himself through divine intervention in an earthquake. Dang, is that powerful or not? God spoke in an earthquake. Have you ever thought about how God speaks through his creation? The other night at the revival, I could see the wind blowing through the trees and as it was coming around. And I was like praising him because I could see him. And we holler, we can't see God. My question is, are you looking? You know, sometimes we can't see God move. We can't see him in his creation because we're not looking for him in his creation. When if we were tuned with him and seeking him and we... We know who he was. We could see him as we walked out the door. Even the unbeliever would be able to see that. God shook the earth to wake to to let them know who he was. I bet Paul and Silas was like, "Hold on, Lord, hold on." You know, they were shaking. They were in that. Thank you, Lord. They, I, I guarantee you the praise got louder in the earthquake. Earth, if there was an earthquake going on, I'd be running for hiding. Think about that. God speaks through his creation. Are you looking for that? Are you seeking that? Do you want to see that? Do you want to know that? I want to know that my God's in control of all things. Dang, when I walk out the door and feel that breeze. Me and my wife got to go to the beach for just a few days, and we only got one good day on the beach. But you know what? I was so thankful that I got to enjoy God's creation because that's our place. That's what we love. We got to sit on the beach and our daughter got to go with us and we don't get to see her a lot. She lives some, you know, in Greenville, but she got to go with us. So we got to sit on the beach and our niece came. My son was supposed to go, but my niece, my son backed out, my niece go. But we got to sit on the beach and do what we loved, see God's creation, the ocean as far as it could be, and it's amazing how God created the ocean and the sand. And we got to share the gospel because every time my daughter ate with us, every time my niece ate with us, we prayed over our food, we prayed for our family. We forget about seeing God in his creation sometimes. I think if we just stop and see that, and some people like the mountains. When you go to the mountains and you see the hills and the rocks and you see that, don't forget that God made those things. Don't forget that he created those things. It's amazing. And I know I run a lot of rabbits and tell a lot of tales, but it's the way I share. I share more devotional. When we worship and praise Jesus, our chains start to fall off. Funny how that works. Because those chains won't matter. I think that's what Paul, Paul and Silas, those change and things, they didn't matter to them because they were worshiping, praising God. They, I bet you they couldn't even think about them. I, I challenge these men to be, to be, just get everything out of the world out of their minds so they could hear God and worship and praise him when we come here on Sunday. And I have to do that to challenge myself. 
Because I bring a lot of baggage in here sometimes, a lot of the world. God revealed his power to all the prisoners and the jailer. All the prisoners stayed, so he revealed his power to every one of them. And I think that they were so, I think this is my opinion, I'm reading it. I think that they were so in tune with the worship and praise that, that Paul and Silas were doing that they were in awe struck. They were just struck by what was going on, that they didn't move. That's the reason they stayed, because of the power of God, because of the worship and praise there. You see, the earthquake woke the jailer. How many of us need a wake-up call? Romans 13, 11 says, the hour has come for you to wake from sleep for salvation is near. Are you awake? Are you alive? Do you know Christ? Do you realize that he's coming and that he's coming back one day? Salvation is near. Are you ready for Christ to return? Are you ready to be with him? You know, a lot of people talk about when I get to heaven, I'm going to get to see grandma and grandpa and, and brother, sister, you name it, aunt, uncle. I'll be so excited. I'll be so excited when I get to see Christ and really see who he is. And I think we'll fall at his feet and there'll be worship and praise that we can't even imagine. I'll be excited about that. But I praise God that I'll be able to know if grandma and grandpa's there. That's good, but I'll be seeing the Christ. I'll be seeing a man who gave his life, was willing to sacrifice for Robert when I didn't even deserve it. Have you been awakened by the power of the Holy Spirit? We gotta stop being sleepy Christians. The world's changing, times are changing. We got to get ready to start standing for our faith, to sacrifice for our faith. We better get ready for that. The jailer drew his sword to kill himself because he would have had to have been responsible for the prisoner's escape. The jailer would have had to suffer the same penalty as the prisoners. He'd rather die. The jailer, this tells me something about Paul and Silas here because the jailer would rather die than to go in that inner prison and be shackled. What does that tell you about how tough it is in that prison? He was ready to kill himself than to be have to answer for those prisoners. But Paul cried out, don't harm yourself, we are all here. Paul chose to remain in jail. Not only Paul, but all the prisoners isn't it amazing what God can do through our worship and praise? Amazing. Far beyond what we can imagine. Would you stay for the gospel? Simple question. Would you stay for the gospel? Like I said, sometimes we won't even come to church or we won't stay in the church service for an hour. How are we going to be able to stay in a hard situation for the gospel and stand up for Christ? Somebody came in this morning and said, we hungry. I think it was Donnie. He said, we hungry. I said, thank you. Praise the Lord. He's hungry for the word. Isn't that right, Donnie? He came excited. He said, Robert, let's go. We hungry. I said, yeah. Paul and Mark said, I'm going to plug you, Micah, in 45 minutes. I said, praise God, then I can start shouting. I'll be like Paul and Silas. We'll be up here yelling. Mike will be cut off, and that'll be fine. I'm just kidding, though. We're going to try to beat the Methodists and the Baptists to, the, to lunch. I don't know. May have to wait on a table. Just tell them, say, the preacher went long. I apologize. Thank you. And leave her a big tip or him. And I don't say I'm a preacher. I don't know where I got that from. So, Just say the guy speaking today went longer. Would you stay for the gospel? Acts 16, 29. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembled with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. 
the jailer called for lots. You see, the light always overcomes the darkness. Try it. Go in a room and light a match. See which one overcomes the other. The light always overcomes the darkness. You see, the jailer can now see the gospel. They all stayed. He could see the gospel. Not only had he heard the gospel through the praise and the prayer of the men, he could see it. All the men had stayed. All had stayed. Not one had left. Ephesians 5.13. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Anything that is exposed by the light comes visible. And Jesus Christ is the light that came into the world to reveal so you could see clearer. Would you pray that God would open, your, open our eyes more clearly as we seek our Savior, Jesus Christ? See, through the gospel, sin is exposed and made visible. I can tell you that happens sometimes. When, when I'm in a bad place, I hate to come to church sometimes. I'll, I'll try to skip the Wednesday night group. My wife will be like, you go in the prayer group. Because the light's gonna be, the light's gonna know us, and I can come in here, and these men who know me and know uh, who I am, they know exactly when I'm got go something going on. They know when something's bothering me, and it's tough to come in front of people. It's tough sometimes to come to church. I told people when we first started small groups, me and my wife were leading couples, and we'd ride together to a small group, and we'd get to fussing in the car, and it, I'd be ashamed to go in and be able to share. Because people can see that on us. They know it. The people that are close to me in this church, they know when I'm hurt, and they know when I got things going on in my life. And I'm thankful for them. Mark Brandon, and I'm not trying to boast about him, but that man's going to call me and say, what's going on? He's going to start praying for me, and it'll be over the phone. He'll call me and say, let's pray. He knows exactly. He can hear it in my voice. He knows. Brandon Poirier, he knows. He can hear it in my voice. Chris Jenkins, he knows. He can hear it in my voice. The men who are close to me, the men who hold me accountable can hear and they know. Who's holding you accountable for who you are in Christ? Not for what you are in the world. Who's holding you accountable for who you are in Christ? Who knows you? Talk about judging. Where's accountability in judgment? I, I, I see these people where only God can judge me. I'm like, yeah, he's going to judge you. He's going to judge me. He's going to judge you. He's going to judge everybody. Either he's going to judge you by the blood of Christ or he's going to judge you for the sin that you committed. It, it gets better, guys. God's word, prayer, and worship can help us see more clearly. Plain and, plain and simple. How does, that, how does these things look in your life? How's your prayer look? How's the word look? How's your worship look? I think we need all three of those daily. Or I know that Robert needs them all three daily. I need some prayer time. I need some worship time. And I need some scripture time. Or I won't make it. I'll go back to the old Robert. I won't. Have you spent time with the Lord this week? You know, it's hard for me to preach sometimes or come up here and share, and I'm not so afraid to do it. But I can tell you this, it sure makes you spend some time with the Lord. When you think you, when you're going to have to speak on some scripture, when you're going to have to share, you'll sure spend the time and you'll seek him. You'll read every book you can find. You'll call your pastor. You'll call your brother. You'll say, what do you think about this scripture? What do you think about? And it's amazing when brothers start helping you figure out scripture. Look, I'm not that smart, but I love it when my brothers start helping me. They say, I know this. Let me show it to you. Let me reveal it to you. It's amazing to me. You know, Brandon preached this word of the Philippian jailer uh, uh, probably uh, it's been about a year or so ago, ain't it? 
and, and I'd already gave my life to Christ and been through some things. But I can remember me and my wife, we were sitting right over there. And Brandon started to preach on a Philippians jailer and he started to share what, the, what uh, Paul and Silas were doing and how they stayed in their imprisonment, how they were innocent, but they went to jail and they stayed in their imprisonment. And they stayed so that the gospel could go forth so they could share the gospel and it transformed this jailer's life and tears started to roll down my face. And I looked over at my wife and she was crying just as hard as I was. And I looked over at her and I said, you stayed. I said, you stayed. I said, just like the jailer, a light started to come on. And it's amazing when God's word works and the light comes on and he reveals himself. I've been reading scripture before and I said, like, I can't understand that. But somebody will share it, a brother like Paul and Silas, will share that scripture and it'll be, the light came on. Thank you, Jesus. So the light started to come on. I looked over at my wife and I said, you stayed when you didn't have to. You stayed when I was unfaithful. You stayed when you could have left. You was innocent, but you took on a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And I'm not talking about staying with somebody that's abusive. If you're in an abusive relationship, you need to get out of that or you need to figure out, talk to somebody. But I'm talking about somebody who loves you, who cares about you, and they're willing to stay. They're willing to go the extra mile so that you can hear the gospel. Have you been that to somebody? My wife was that to me. And I took it for granted until I heard that message. Until I heard about the Philippian jailer, I took it for granted that she had stayed in persecution, even chains and shackles, because I can tell you I was a hard person to live with back then. Even when I went and told her, said, I don't think this marriage will work. Let's just end it now. She stayed and suffered a little longer and suffered a little longer. She prayed. You seek the Lord. She seek the Lord. She prayed. She knew that God had better time, things for our marriage than I did. And through that, God started to work in my life. He started to change me. He started to build a marriage that I couldn't even imagine. Some people, you know, you see me and my wife down here every Sunday after, during the service praying. One thing is, is we got something to celebrate. We know what it's like to be in a marriage that's falling apart. So when we're down here, it's not necessarily because we have something. It's so we can praise the Lord sometimes. I think sometimes we get a little afraid to come to the altar. Old people think somebody, something's wrong with us. I can tell you this right now. This altar should be flooded with people praising the Lord for what he's done in their lives and how he's changed them and that they know that somebody stayed and was willing to sacrifice for them. My wife wrote this down and she sent it to me and it brought me to tears and she came up here and read it. She said, I stayed through the hurt and betrayal and brokenness. I stayed when all, had, all I had was faith and hope that God would make a change. See, some, some of you right now are staying. You're just barely holding it together. And whether that's marriage, drugs, whatever it is, you're, you're just holding on, holding on in the brokenness and the hurt, and you're praying that God would make a change. She said, I stayed because I loved. I stayed when I didn't have to. Think about Paul. The chains fell off. The prisoners, all the the doors were open. They could all walked out. They stayed when they didn't have to so that that jailer could be able to hear the gospel. Not only hear it, he was able to see it. Man, you can start coming up. I always wanted to say that one time, so. When I ask you today, would you stay or are you staying? See, there's some of us now that's going through persecution. And I'm sure that if you're, if you're in here and you're not going through persecution, if you love the Lord and you're seeking Jesus Christ with all your mind and soul, you're going to go through persecution at some times. So there's either two ways. We either need to be praying that God will bring us through this persecution or we need to be praying that God would uh, sustain us from it.
You see, Jesus Christ stayed for the gospel. He stayed for the gospel, that you and I could hear the gospel. You see, Christ was the one who was condemned and beaten. Just like Paul and Silas was condemned. They wouldn't now have been able to do that if it hadn't been for Christ. Paul understood how valuable the gospel was. He understood who Jesus Christ was. He understood what Jesus had done for him. Jesus Christ was beaten almost to death and then hung on a rugged cross for our sin. And it goes a little farther. Not only did he hang for our sin, he hung for our shame too. We forget about that. We want to hold on to the shame. We forget that Christ took that too. He covered it with the blood. You're talking about the blood of Calvary? He covered it. Sin and shame. I no longer have to be the old sinful Robert. I no longer have to be the old shameful Robert. I can be a different Robert. I can be a new Robert. He gave me a new name. He makes me new. He makes me different. He makes me desire something greater than what it was I desired. I desire to be a greater husband. I desire to be a greater father. All because of Jesus Christ. Not only that, he went into the grave. See, Jesus died a death that you and I should have. You think about Paul in the, in the inner prison. Imagine what hell's like. And Jesus Christ was willing to go and fight for you and me to defeat Satan. Think about that today. He was willing to go, lay down his life. A sinless man lay down his life for you and me and went into the depths of hell to defeat it so you and I wouldn't have to. See, he died the death that the jailer should have died, that you and I should have died. Then he arose through praise and worship. He rose and he gave life. A life that we can have, a life that's abundant. And I think about abundant life. Mark told me one time, that means you have more life than you need. You can give somebody else some. Jesus Christ gave us that. You see, maybe, maybe you're here today and you're like the Philippian jailer. Acts 16.30 says, what must I have to do to be saved? Maybe you got that question today. Maybe you're asking, what I got to do to be saved? Well, Paul answers that in verse 30. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Romans 10, 9 says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe, that, believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So I'm challenging you today. If you're here and you don't know Christ, you got questions about it. Mark, you want to come on up, Dakota? If you need to ask that question, what I must what must I do to be saved today? We're giving you an opportunity right now. I got two men standing right here that's willing to pray with you. And I got more that'll come if we need them. You know, maybe we just need to repent. You know, people talk about backsliding. I don't know about backsliding, but I do know this, that we need to be repentant. The Christian life is about repentance. We should be repenting today. Maybe there's somebody in here today who understands, who's seen for the first time that there are people stayed in your life, that Jesus stayed on the cross. You understand that a little better. You didn't quite understand it. See, it took a little while for me to understand just what my wife had done, what she had been through. Maybe there's one today or more that just need prayer. They need to repent and come back to the Father. Repent and come back to Jesus Christ. Maybe there's somebody here today that needs that. As they sing this song, the altar's gonna be open. Maybe you don't need prayer. Maybe you're in a good place with the Lord. The altar's gonna be open. What about if we just come and praise Him? We've seen in this story how praise and worship change lives. If we understood that, we'd come in here every week excited about praising and worshiping the Lord. We'd be ready. 
if we knew just how valuable it was, just how valuable Jesus Christ is, just what he done for us, just the life he wants to give us, if we knew that, we'd be at this altar every week. But it wasn't started at altar. We'd been praising him when we come over here in the car. We'd been praising him before we left our home. We'd have praised him before we went to bed last night so we could be excited about what he's doing and we could see him more clearly. Has a light flicked on? Sometimes I need a kick in the butt, not just a light to come on. So I, I, I plead with you today and I ask you, do business with the Lord. They're gonna do another song and we're gonna have a time of praise and worship. Praise and worship. Maybe you need to do business right where you're at. That's okay. I'm not saying you gotta to come to the altar. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we should be doing business with the Lord, whether it's in the highs or in the lows. Whether it's we need salvation or where we need to just rejoice that God's holding us together, that he lets us live another day, that he lets us breathe another day, that he lets us share the gospel another day, not only with our words, with our actions. Sometimes we forget our actions speak louder than words. Remember, count the 10 before you open your mouth. That's action. That's putting action in the words right there. Let's pray. Lord, we, uh, we love you. Lord, we just thank you so much again for this opportunity, Lord. Lord, we pray right now for the hearts the desires, the thoughts of your people, Lord. We pray, Lord God, if there's one here today, Lord, who don't know you, Lord, we pray, Lord God, that they would give their heart to you, Lord. Lord, we pray for the Christian who's in here, Lord, that's sleepy, Lord. We pray that you would awaken them, Lord, that you would awaken them to the new desire, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that they've seen you, Jesus, in a way that they've never seen you before, Lord. Lord, I pray that you're opening their eyes, that the scales are falling off, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that myself, this congregation uh, would be a, a, a group of people who seek you, who love you, who want to do, do your work, who want to share the gospel no matter what, Lord, what the cost, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, when we don't do that. Forgive us when we fall short. Again, I thank you for the blessings of the reading of your word. I thank you for the opportunity to share. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the well, and I thank you for our pastor. I thank, I thank you for Brandon. I pray that you would bless his time away. Thank you for this opportunity, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.